Sons, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 15th edition of the sunny side of sports. Ghana is getting ready to host the African Games after a disappointing performance by its national men's football team at the Africa Cup of Nations tournament in neighboring Ivory Coast. The Black Stars of Ghana, four-time Nations Cup champions, lost one match, had two draws, and did not advance out of the group phase. Head coach Chris Hewton was fired after Ghana's elimination. For more reaction, we spoke with Blessing Agbomadzi, who plays for Ghana's national women's football team, the Black Queens. Blessing joined us on our Kick It AFCON podcast. It was hosted by VOA's Mike Hove, and joining Mike in the studio was Mukbil Yabaro, Kali Abdu, Coach Sam Sasu, and yours truly. Let's kick it now with Mike Hove. We've seen a lot of Cinderella stories, a lot of small teams playing amazing football and vice versa we've seen some big teams playing less impressive football Uh, what do you think this tournament says about african football and its development of the sport on the continent yeah um you can uh, let me i'm in morocco so Mm -hmm. i know much about morocco now Mm -hmm. Uh, comparing morocco or let me say uh, north africa to some part of the africa's North Africa is really, really developing when it comes to football. So you can imagine the kind of football they are playing out there, comparing it to other side of the Africans, you Mm -hmm. know. So development is very important. And Morocco as a country, they are very, very developing in football, in women football, in football in general, trust Mm -hmm. me. They have everything that takes to, to, I mean, be there. I mean, they are almost they are doing their best so you you can imagine the kind of performance the moroccans are putting up uh, the afcon so that is especially when it comes to ghana we lack it honestly when morocco is now in terms of development we are not half closer to them so that one too is i mean disturbing us because we lack the facility we lack everything that has to prepare us as players for tournaments, we lack it. We don't have it, and it's it's kind of disturbing. So, um, I think Morocco has it all for now. Hi, blessing, Sunny again. Uh, I know you mm-hmm. mentioned how you're talking with us now from Morocco. Any general thoughts on the overall organization in Ivory Coast from what you've seen? Uh, are you impressed with how they've pulled off this 34th Nations Cup? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Um, Besides, I was in Africa for the women's uh, women's Champions League, uh, which was last year in November. So yes, they have. I mean, they have done a great job putting up together because it's not easy as West Africa to do that. It's not easy, but for them, they really, really try, and I'm amazed, honestly. Now, speaking, I guess, sticking to the development of the sport itself, uh, you brought in the women's element. Um, over the couple of years since, uh, when was the last Women's World Cup? Uh, last year? 
last year. We've seen a lot of investment yeah. in, in football and in women's football and African football in general. This uh, AFCON, them announcing a lot of, a lot of money pouring into yeah. African football. Uh, how does this help the development of the sport for the men and, of course, the women them too? Well... I think it, it, for a country, you hosting such tournaments, it's one of the advantage for you. And also we, the players too, it's, it's helping us a lot in such tournaments. I mean, it's very interesting to be in such tournaments, the experience, everything. So it's helping and it's developing, especially Africans, the countries, if you had the opportunity to host such tournaments, it helps to develop your country a lot. So. Yeah, it's good. So far, so good. But do you think we're catching up to the, the, the bigger leagues in Europe? Uh, we see Saudi Arabia growing. Are we catching up to any of these leagues? In terms of um, facility or in terms of salary, in terms of accommodation? Um, well, not yet. We, mm-hmm. I mean, comparing the North Africans, it's a bit okay. But comparing... Um, especially West Africa. Nah, we are not. We are not there. Honestly, not at all. It's very, very, very bad in West Africa. But I think in North Africa, mm, they are trying to get there. I have yeah. a question about uh, uh, about uh, salaries. You know, as a player, I wonder when players are going to these tournaments. You know, obviously, you're you're personal pride you know the national pride is always there right so when you get to the tournaments and you start having problems with your your fa because of salaries does that really affect you as a player yeah it does honestly um i don't know much about the men but um let me talk about the ladies because Mm -hmm. i have been in the with the ladies so yeah it does honestly it it does affect us because you know money money stops everything and also it motivates you as a young player coming up because if no money what else um apart from you having a passion for football yet we are playing for money because africa we don't we are not that much much rich as you can say so as a young girl i mean coming up you need you need money so it affects us we wish we could get all the necessary uh, support in terms of finance that we need, but somehow we don't even get it. Some sometimes they even promise us some kind of money, but unfortunately we don't even get it, and it's kind of uh, embarrassing, honestly. So it affects us, honestly, honestly. It affects us so many times when we we go for tournaments and our money are not paid. Yeah. Yeah, hi, Blessing. Sunny again. Uh, Following up on the money aspect, uh, a record amount of prize money is being offered at this Nations Cup. I think the winner will get $7 million. Do you see the uh, financial incentive kind of spurring on maybe some of these smaller teams who have been doing well in Ivory Coast? Well, yeah. I mean, um, with this kind of amount... Um, I don't know if truly, truly, they, I don't know if it's the players that is getting that kind of an amount or is the situation that's getting the amount. But so far as money is involved, <laughs> I think it's okay, it's good. And anybody that deserves it um, will benefit from it. Yeah, so it's good. Thank you.
I want to stick more in terms of the development of the sport, uh, Blessing, and talk more about your experience. Um, we've been talking about Morocco. We've been talking about Ghana. You've played in both leagues. Um, you've mm. represented Ghana at a national level. What's your experience been like? Talk to me a little more about that because I'm trying to understand more in terms of the development of the sport and why AFCON is so well, big. Um... Well, I always say, because I am with the ladies, so I will always talk about the ladies mm -hmm. because I don't know much, much about the men. Yeah. So when it comes to Morocco um, and Ghana, local leagues and national, yeah. Uh, at first, when it comes to the national team, let me go there first. At mm -hmm. first, we used to score Morocco anytime we meet them. I mean, Ghana. Anytime we meet Morocco, we, we used to score them like very well. But trust me, now it will be very difficult to score Morocco because they have developed, they have it, like I said, they have everything that takes to make the players ready for each and every tournament. But Ghana, we don't have it. We are not there yet. So Morocco is developing, developing, like they are developing so fast in terms of sports. So comparing Morocco to Ghana as it is now, mm -hmm. like I said, it will be very difficult for Ghana to to be able to to overcome Morocco because Morocco is playing good football now, honestly. Yeah, Ghana, we are still there. We are trying. I mean, when it comes to the ladies, yes, we are still doing our best. Yeah, but like I said, <laughs> I don't know how it will end when we meet Morocco as it is now because Morocco is doing well. But when it comes to the, I mean, the local leagues. Yeah, comparing Morocco local leagues to Ghana, yeah, yeah, Morocco is a bit ahead of Ghana. Blessing, yeah. uh, Mike at the at the opening of the podcast was talking about nightmares. Uh, do you feel like it's been a nightmare for uh, Mo Salah that he's been? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, the last time I was even having a discussion with a friend, and I'm like, nah, it's like. This particular tournament, Egypt is kind of struggling because last two years, I guess, Egypt and um, Senegal was the finalists. But this year, they are kind of struggling and Salah too is kind of injured. So mm. you could see this tournament is kind of uh, ups and down for them. But I hope they comes up. All right, Blessing. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out to be with us on our podcast today. And listen, peace be with you. And I feel sorry for Ghana. So sorry. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, We're yeah. picking our, our guest, our AFCON 11 best goalie, uh, Williams from South Africa, Ronald Williams. Uh, what happened to Nobody? Your thoughts? <sighs> That's a difficult one, too. Well, why? <laughs> no, they're both fantastic keepers. Um, uh -huh. uh, I love Williams. I think that he he did he did extremely well. But Mali, I think would probably take it for me. Gotta be on, on Mali. Yeah. Why do you Why are you going with Mali? Just because I I mean when I saw Nigeria South Africa, I didn't see Nigeria pinging all these shots that Williams was keeping out. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I saw. Uh, and Bali keep Ivory Coast, <laughs> keep Nigeria in the game. Mm -hmm. There were four, at least three or four chances that he really just stretched and saved. A couple of looks, bro. Yeah, but I'm just saying the Niger quality, the yeah. quality yeah. of the shots yeah. that that, uh, have been that going South in. Africa was taking and the opportunities yeah. that they had to yeah. meet absolutely. And also, when you look at it from a head-to-head -head standpoint, and the teams going to PKs, you can't give it to the 
player whose team lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm always well, I'm, I'm I always edge on the side of the winners. Right. Well, not even that just that. Okay. Go back like But uh, I, I'm also look I'm looking also looking at it from the standpoint of okay, I'm I'm watching how these keepers are actually going after the ball in matches mm-hmm. prior to penalties mm-hmm. and I think that Bali was was a lot uh, more aggressive. Yeah, a lot more aggressive, a lot more commanding yeah. uh of his mm-hmm. box, but also um he had the confidence coming yeah. out. I mean, you have to look at it. Williams had confidence as well, but in that penalty shootout, you saw the nerves a little bit from him. Yeah, yeah. Question, though. Question. Yeah. Do you not think, though, that's kudos to, to the South African defense and them forcing the game on the other side? Yeah. It allowed Williams to kind of just not have to be you know, worrying as much. So the ball wasn't really yeah. coming to his side, whereas you know, Noabali, every time that ball goes over top... It's game on. He's just he was just different, man. It was like there was multiple yeah. balls out right. there, you yeah. know. Yeah, so I, I he think he worked you, a lot. You give you give game. that credit to them, and you give that credit to him as well. I, I mean, busy day in the office for him every every single game. There's not even a single game where I'm seeing him just standing still. He's mm-hmm. he's making dives. He's making great saves. So, hey Mike, can we revisit the uh, bigger clubs going after these players? Who do you, who do, you, who do you see? Wabali or Williams? Maybe um, maybe getting a contract. I mean, both offer. of them are playing local league in South Africa. Um, I, at this point, um, I was talking to both Mokbel and, and I was saying I was int- I, I like the fact that you had an Asen Vega at at, at Afcon uh, because I think this is also showing that when you have influential uh, football figures, there's going to be a move or two there. Mm-hmm. I, I expect one or two players coming out of Afcon moving to bigger clubs, uh, be it uh, Nwabali, um, be it Insue uh, moving from a third division club. To a bigger club, like I expect at least one or two players out there getting a couple of looks. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you also have to kind of look at it from this standpoint now. Afcon is 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 starting to get recognizable yeah. because now you're seeing a lot of um, African young talent go to a lot of Proud. larger clubs, mm-hmm. and they're 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 bringing more attention when they come back to their mm-hmm. homeland because now they're actually being scouted by other clubs to see mm-hmm. how they're performing in that tournament. And like mm-hmm. you said, Arsenal to be there. I mean, that's 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 a top top name there yeah. of himself as a manager. So uh, let's see how we continue on with AFCON for the upcoming years to see, right. okay, where do these top clubs come in to actually either put a camp in there or put in, you know, a youth club in those countries to start Academy, bringing in, yeah, the academies to start bringing in more talent and, you know, actually building a network for African stars coming out. Breaking down the best coach, uh, Hermes Faye, uh, Ivory Coast. Um, no argument here. Yeah, you, <laughs> no argument there. You, 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 you know, you know, you, you know. I always err on the side of. I want you to go with Hugo Bruce. Yeah, I, I think yeah. what Hugo was able to do with Mafano Mafano is something that hasn't been done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not was, a bad choice. He, he was able to really generate that spirit of what Mafano Mafano is always known to be. I uh, went with a completely local squad. I generally am erring on the side of Hugo Bruce. MS Fair barely had five games to his name. Uh, he came in. Now, uh, that's not to cut away. He, but he look, won the tournament. It's not he only won. that, but you go from being the worst team in the knockout <laughs> phase yeah. to winning yeah. all because of his style, I'm sure, of letting the players play with more yeah. freedom and just letting them yeah. do their thing. But you also have to look at it. There's, there, It's not even just that aspect of the tournament you have a lot of different factors you're coming in as a manager that yeah. hasn't manager hasn't Managed. been able to manage at a at a top level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're the host nation of the tournament right you're on your way out mm-hmm. and now you have to pull this team together right. and have them trust you right. and trust your tactics to go out and Ooh. and on top of that if you fail mm. in this oh, instance it, it, right and like 
his first matches against the defending champions. If he loses to them, he could say, look, I, I got thrown into an unpredictable situation, situation. unwinnable yeah. situation, mm -hmm. but he might not get another potential gig for, you know, it might push him back in his trajectory of getting roles. So, right. you know, this was, to me, I respect the fact that he even took it on because he could have easily said, look, uh, this is a is an untouchable type of situation. Mm -hmm. He took it on, and, and and kudos to him and his players for really allowing him to to thrive. And I hope that the team and the uh, federation stays behind him and gives them the resources right. to potentially be a part of, the, so he can be the the manager for the uh, I, I, upcoming. I World think they will, but I think like, his work starts now. Right. Yeah. The real work starts mm -hmm. now because yeah. all the pressure will be on him. Absolutely. Now. Which is now, I guess, delving into it. Uh, the next AFCON is literally around the corner. We just wrapped this one up. But it's not just AFCON. You've got the FIFA uh, Club World Cup. You've got uh, World Cup qualifiers. You've got the FIFA World Cup coming up. So it's like just back to back to back mm. big stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what does this momentum look like for Ivory Coast moving forward? Uh, for Ivory Coast moving forward, it, it builds a lot of momentum. Uh, that's number one. Number two. Now you have a little bit of pressure on your back because now you, you have to perform because you've shown in this tournament that you can perform underneath any circumstance of pressure, any circumstance of doubt, any circumstance of um, any uh, unpredictable situation that you're going to be faced with, just like you said, Mark Bill. Um, I, I think it's also going to come down to the biggest thing is consistency. Mm -hmm. Can we stay consistent outside of Africa when we mm -hmm. play different teams? Mm -hmm. Because that's is what's going to really define that nation because you've yeah. seen a lot of teams when they go outside of their homeland, they, they, they struggle to find that consistency against bigger mm -hmm. teams. I think Ivory Coast can do it. I don't have any doubt about that, but it's going to come down to the willingness of, of the players and also, once again, trusting the manager because, like you said, there was a freedom of play, and you saw that right. within Ivory Coast mm -hmm. when they were in the mm -hmm. matches. But can they do it consistently? That's the the runners-up, Nigeria, uh, ha they had a very bad uh, lead-up to AFCON. World Cup qualifiers mm -hmm. weren't really looking beautiful. Now it's the time they got to turn it up again. Can they do that? I think the entire setup uh, has a lot of question marks. Mm -hmm. um, the leadership, when I say leadership, I mean the people who are in charge of... The federation? Uh, yes, hiring the coach, even... Even uh, selecting the players, they have their work cut out for them. Because some of the players, I, I think I saw somewhere today, some rumors about Iwobi maybe uh, retiring. Mm -hmm. there, there's going to be a lot of uh, talks of players, you know, leaving the setup. Mm -hmm. So even the manager, I don't know if they, they keep him. I, I was hearing something along the lines of maybe they're going to let him go and find somebody else that's mm -hmm. more that can play an expansive style. I'm going to say this right now. You have a lot of talented players in the Nigerian setup. Even players who, who we haven't seen Boniface play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many players Over that they, you, you know, so many players like that. So a manager that can come in and, and you know, take a look at what we have and say, okay, this is how we're going to play going forward. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think Nigeria, uh, for the most part, you know, did what they had to do as one of the bigger, you know, quote-unquote giants of Africa in football. Uh, they were the only ones that were able to make it to the big dance. So that in and of itself showed that, you know, they got over their um, World Cup qualifier, 
I, like start, little, little hindrances. They, they yeah, were yeah, yeah. At the, at the very beginning, yeah. they were, but once they caught momentum, they really did what they could. I, I like this core team for what it's worth and what they did, the camaraderie that they showed, the fun that they were having in the locker room. The, t- the players really like each other, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that we spoke about. Um, for me, I feel as though, like you said, uh, Kali, uh, this team is going to lose a couple of older players. Now, putting in the younger players in the rotation is going to be key mm-hmm. on the success of this team moving forward. We have so many. Nigeria is one of the most populous, uh, populous countries, and the diaspora is endless with ample talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, will these guys want to come and play for this team? I think they will. I think that's the answer. Now, if you have potential players that have uh, dual citizenships, mm-hmm. they'll see what this team did collectively and be like, that was inspiring. Let me go and be a part of something bigger. You know, I could play for England, but I might not get playing time. Mm-hmm. Or I might, you know, this or this and that. Or I might be able to play elsewhere. But let me go and play for Nigeria. I think not only Nigeria, but the entire continent has a lot of players now that are interested in going back home. Because like we mentioned, the game has, you know, really, okay. really shown itself. This tournament mm-hmm. has been global, you know. it's what I, Yeah, what I would like to see is a manager that comes in and allows the players that freedom. When you see the, the young players, whichever country they play for from Africa in the, in the junior World Cups, you know, those junior they, tournaments, they, ball out. they really ball out, very expressive, very mm-hmm. skillful. When they make the, the, the you know, the senior team, there's a lot of restriction. Players are being micromanaged and everything is too tactical. Like, for example, go look at John Michelo B when he played oh, yeah. against Messi in the Junior World Cup versus when he made the move to Chelsea and played in the Super Eagles. Different player, not expressive at all. I would like to see more coaches like the Ivory Coast coach that allows the players a freedom, play that expansive style, because that's what the Super Eagles uh, are known for. Quick uh, follow-up, Kali. Uh, record amount of prize money at this Nations Cup, mm-hmm. and the Super Eagles, I think they won the $4, four million. million. Yeah. 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 How, how would you like to see that money I really, used? Yeah, I would like to see them take that you know, back to Nigeria to, to whether it's in terms of the scouting, just focus more on the local, local leagues. leagues, just okay, like South Africa. Leagues. You know, all these teams that have played very well with local players, that's inspiring. I think that's what Nigeria needs to take a look at. Sure, you have all these stars playing in Europe, but I would like to see them use majority of the resources in the local, to strengthen the local leagues. That's my VOA colleague, Kali Abdu. Kali, join me, Coach Sam Sasu, and VOA colleagues Mike Hove and Muckbill Yabaro on our Kick It AFCON podcast. South African football is enjoying a long-awaited emancipation after Bafana Bafana's bronze medal at the recent AFCON in Ivory Coast. It was the first time the team reached the podium at the Continental Showpiece since 2000. There was plenty for the team to smile about as South Africa won the Fair Play Award while their captain claimed the best goalkeeper of the tournament accolade. The rise of the national men's team is part of a collection of developmental strides for the country as Myra Nika explores for us now. Sporty greetings, Myron! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Hundreds of fans flocked to the Or Tambo International Airport in Johannesburg yesterday to welcome home Bafana Bafana. 
with their bronze medals around their necks, the team walked out to a thunderous applause. Their third place at AFCON 2023 has seen them climb up the latest FIFA rankings to 58th from 66th. They are now also ranked 10th on the continent, their highest position in a decade. The South African Football Association president, Danny Jordan, was on hand to welcome the team. Well, this is a scene that we have not have for football. And this team, produced by our coach, Hugo Bruce, is a new team. We want to pay tribute to this man sitting here, Hugo Bruce. We came very close, coach, very, very close. It was a penalty shootout. That is how close we came to make it to the final. And if we had gone there, we would have won it. Bafana is united again. Bafana is a family again. Bafana is winning again. Captain Ronwyn Williams, who kept five clean sheets at the tournament, praised his teammates for their professional attitude and united front. I'm just proud of the boys for the brotherhood. First of all, the brotherhood we had, you know, from day one, you know, the spirit amongst us has been good. And I think that is one of the reasons we've been successful, is the spirit, the group, the togetherness. It's, it's been, you know, amazing to see. And, you know, like I said, they made things so easy for me as a captain. And I just want to thank everyone for the support, for all the messages. Bafana's performance comes off the back of the national women's team, Banyana Banyana, winning the WAFCON title in Morocco last year. On the club front, Mamelodi Sundowns recently won the inaugural African Football League, while their women's team won the CAF Champions League last year. After missing out on AFCON qualification in 2021, Safa moved swiftly to bring in coach Hugo Bruce, who won the Continental Prize with Cameroon back in 2017. Bruce transformed the team, bringing in a fresh crop of players, making them believe in themselves. He says South Africa's showing at AFCON will further catapult football in the country. But now they know in Europe who South Africa is. They knew about Mamelodi Sundowns. Yeah, okay, yeah, Mamelodi Sundowns, very good team, yeah. But now they know it. And therefore, it's very important that the national team plays good, that the national team can show themselves on a tournament like this, who was followed by 100 million people. But what is the challenge for South African football in the coming years? Mark Fish the former Charlton Athletic defender who was part of the AFCON winning South African team of 1996 says consistency at all levels is what is needed now. This is a, this AFCON has been a major boost for South African football in the sense that the performance, yes, getting a bronze medal, meaning that um, we are doing many good things but not necessarily enough to make sure that we are constantly qualifying for AFCONs and not going there just to make up the numbers, but to compete. So, again, this African Nations Cup, this tournament, the, the team has put themselves up there. We've put South Africa back on the African continent, back on the mark, and making sure that this performance is something that we will live up to and even surpass in AFCONs to come. Fish, who won the CAF Champions League with Orlando Pirates in 1995, believes South African clubs must take continental football seriously. He reckons that will snowball into further success for the national team. 
this is key for the teams in South Africa, knowing that competing on the continent, making the strength. And again, I think that if you have teams, South Africa, competing on the continent and doing well and lifting trophies, no matter the other countries, if their players are playing abroad, we have players playing abroad as well, but it would put fear and understanding into teams coming to play in South Africa, knowing that we know how to play um, con against continental teams and playing against uh, the different countries on the continent. The men's team have restored a sense of pride in South African football. The big desire from supporters, though, is to see the team back on the world stage. That is Bruce's next target. Bafana Bafana will face Nigeria in a crucial 2026 World Cup qualifier in June. Before that, they'll take on Andorra and Algeria in international friendlies. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Myron Nika in Durban, South Africa. Thanks, Myron. Athletics Kenya announced that former multiple world record holder Henry Rono died Thursday morning after a short illness. He was 72. Although he never competed at the Olympics, Henry Rono is remembered for breaking four world records in just 81 days in 1978. In 1986, he moved here to the United States, where in the 1970s, he was a student athlete at Washington State University. Rono lived in the USA for more than 30 years before returning to Kenya in 2019. Henry Rono's passing comes four days after the death of Kenya's marathon world record holder, Kelvin Kiptum, who was killed in a road accident February 11th. Kiptum's funeral is scheduled to take place February 24th in his hometown of Chepcorio. Rest in peace, Kelvin Kiptum. Rest in peace, Henry Rono. And that wraps up the February 15th edition of the show. Thanks to producer and VOA sports reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Thanks also to VOA engineer Saida Hamdoun. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>